Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... I'm Yu Dure. And Derek Wong. So tonight we are going to be doing something different. We will be doing our first annual summer box office wager. This is something that Derek came up with. A little friendly competition between the three of us to fill out individual ballots for the top 10 predictions of what's going to be topping the box office this summer. Derek, you want to explain the rules? I do not want to take credit for this game. I mean, if you've ever listened to the Totally Rad Show, if you ever listened to the Filmcast, plenty of movie podcasts probably do this game. If you know the game, yes, we are late. Unfortunately, we weren't able to kind of scramble and get this in time. So we do have a little bit of knowledge. Guardians is already out. So we kind of know where it's starting at when it comes to the race. So I'm curious to see how it'll affect our list. I think we're all playing with the same information, right? So it's still kind of fair for at least our game. So how the game is played is that we are trying to create a top 10 list based on domestic box office. So we are creating a list from 1 to 10. And the start date is May 1st, and then the end date is Labor Day weekend. So any box office accumulated up to Labor Day counts. So once Labor Day hits, I stop counting the numbers, and that's where we end the game, and we'll see who the winner is. So typically, if you hit a movie dead on, you'll get 10 points unless you hit the number one or the number 10 spot exactly, and that's worth 13 points. That's a pretty big advantage if you can get those two. Now, if it's one spot away, you'll get seven points. If it's two spots away, you'll get five points. Anywhere on the list, you'll get three points. And then we're also going to have a small list of dark horses, three dark horses. And those are just potentially ones that we think might make the list, but we just don't know. We're not that confident. But if they do make the list, we'll still get a point. So how we'll do this is that we'll start with our number ones, and then we'll go down the list. Typically, number one's easier to pick. Higher up on the list, it's usually a little bit easier. As we go down the list is when it's probably going to differentiate a little bit more and then also be a little bit harder to pick. So hitting that number 10 is going to be a little bit more difficult. So since I am probably the most familiar with this game, I will start. I have number one, and I think where Guardian started plays a little bit of a role in this. Another summer, I might have had Guardians number one, but it's kind of interesting seeing how it didn't meet expectations, but yet the second weekend for box office was pretty strong with uh, only, I think, a 49% drop, and it's one of the strongest for Marvel. Yeah, something that Marvel hasn't seen in a long time. Yeah, but still, like, I'm not too sure how the legs on this movie, especially because, you know, we have Fast coming out, we have Little Mermaid coming out, we have Spider-Man coming out very soon, so that's probably why I don't have it at number one, but... What I have at number one is Disney's The Little Mermaid. I put this here because the Disney remakes just make way too much money for what they are. If you look at how much money Beauty and the Beast and Lion King made, those two made well over $500 million domestically. And when I think about the 90s Disney's animation, I think there are three kind of powerhouses. Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, and I think the third one in that equation is The Little Mermaid. 
And I think that's what kind of made me decide that I think I'm going to risk trying Little Mermaid at number one. You'd be a moron not to put the Little Mermaid as number one, I think. <laughs> oh, right, good. That makes me feel good because I put it in number one, too. <laughs> oh, okay. So do we all have the same number one? We all do. Oh, yeah, wow. Okay. I thought I was one. taking a little Dude, gamble here. No way. There's no way this movie is not making a trillion dollars at the box office. <laughs> okay. Here's the only way it doesn't make a trillion dollars at the box office. And that's racism. <laughs> like, I don't know how racist the Disney super fans are. Like, does having a Black Little Mermaid ruin their nostalgia or something? But I have to believe that people like their Disney slot more than they like being racist. So I got to go with Little Mermaid number one. Okay. Oh, Yeah, I think it's Little Mermaid number one for sure. There's no contest. I feel right. like it's going to blow the competition out of the water. I know we're only doing domestic gross, but this is going to be like... A billion-dollar grocer worldwide, for sure. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. All right. I guess I'm a little surprised. Then let's move on to our number two, since we all have the same number ones. My number two, and I think probably you can guess, since I already alluded to that, maybe it might have been my number one. But I think this is probably where Guardians is going to end up as the number two movie of the summer. I think that Marvel movies do really well in the summer, especially this May slot. I know it didn't have a good, strong opening weekend, but... The fact that it had a really strong second opening weekend means hopefully that it will kind of keep pushing and will get to that number two spot for me. What about you, Jeff? Same for me. Guardians oh my God, number please, two. oh shit. Wow, really? <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. Did you guys copy and paste your list from the same Reddit post or something? What is this shit? All right, so this is where we have like a little inside information because Guardians already been out for like two weeks, mm-hmm. you know? So it's got legs. It's already done like what, close to 600 worldwide. It's breaking the pattern of the MCU movies that have been in like a downward trajectory for the last couple of movies, just big drop-offs in the second week. But the word of mouth on this one is good, you know? Yeah. And it's actually a good movie, like really, really good MCU movie. And I think people are surprised and they really like it. And, you know, it's a goodbye to the original Guardians of the Galaxy team and James Gunn, too. So people are turning out for this one. I'm going to stick to the number two on that one. <laughs> All right, Amir, what is your number two then? Wow, I went with a completely different number two. This okay. is completely out of left field. We'll see how well it does. I went with Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Really? Yeah. I just think that there's an appetite still for like remakes, 80s remakes. It's still got Harrison Ford. And the last one did pretty well. The last one did, what, $300 million or something, right? 320 Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, I think that 320 puts you in the upper echelon in that, like, top tier mm-hmm. of domestic movies for the summer. I guess by saying that, that means I think it's going to edge Guardians, which, now that I think about it, maybe that's not true. But you know what? You got to live a little, so I'm, I'm going with Indiana Jones on two. This was a hard read for me. This is one of the movies that's a really hard read just because – I think that people love the Indiana franchise, but yes, and you're looking at the number from the last movie, but I know that last movie isn't really well regarded. Yeah. It's not. And yeah. then also, like, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that this is not Spielberg, that it is Mangold, right? I mean, I think it could be a net positive for the movie and could breathe some life into it and make it really good. But yeah, this was really hard. And I think you hitting on the nostalgia part, we'll see, right? Is this this year's Top Gun, right? That's my hope. I don't know, man. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I'm a big fan of Mangold, uh-huh. and, you know, I love Indiana Jones. I mean, I'm judging from what I've seen so far, and I'm not super impressed. 
But I don't know. I think maybe people turn out for it. It's on my list. It's just not I think bit. whether you're impressed versus whether audiences will go yes. see it is no, a no, 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 very sure. different thing. Yeah, yeah. Just absolutely. Say that. Absolutely. I don't want to just go through these movies and be like, oh, I think people are going to like this or not like this. I do want to say, like, my opinion on what I've seen of these movies so far, you know, too. Yeah, um, absolutely. But that has no bearing on what the regular public will think of these movies and mm-hmm. who will show up for those, you know? So Let's move on. My number three... And this movie kind of came in for that nostalgia for me. Uh, it is not Indiana Jones, but I think the number three movie of the box office of this summer is going to be The Flash. I mean, Ooh. I think all the trailers have looked amazing. I think that the other comps of like, you know, Batman versus Superman, Justice League, I don't think any of those count. Not with this movie. It just seems like people are really excited. I think Michael Keaton's Batman is going to hit that nostalgia factor that I, I was talking about. And I think this movie is going to probably be the most successful DCEU movie that we've seen. I think this movie looks like dog shit, but I don't disagree with you. <laughs> I think it's going to do really, really well. I don't have it as number three. Okay. I have it as number four. So okay, I'm just one behind you. Yeah, I think people are actually really excited about this. I think the buzz is just incredible for something like this. Like, I've never seen buzz like this. Everyone who's seen it is saying, like, it's a masterpiece. Stephen King just posted something. He just saw it, and he wow. was like, this movie's amazing. Wow, I didn't see that. And I posted in response the Wesley Snipes crying, shooting the gun <laughs> theme. <laughs> I don't know who's paying Stephen King, but uh might be Warner Brothers. I don't know. But I don't know. People are really taking to this movie. They're really, really pumped for it. But I don't know. I was also like of two minds because like this is also the end of the DCEU as we know it. Like mm-hmm. this last one before James Gunn takes over. Are people really going to be coming into this movie like flocking to it? Because I don't know. I think all the people who are hyping it up, those are like the super fans, you know? Yeah, and People could who be. went to like cinema cons to see it early, you know, influencers, celebrities and things like that. I don't know if the actual public is actually going to flock to it. But I think it is. That's why I have it number four. Okay. So then, Jeff, what is your number three then? All right. I took a huge swing with number three. Here we go. My number three is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Wow. That is huge. But I just saw the second trailer today, and it looks amazing. Like, I was just like, man, should I move this thing right now? Normally, I wouldn't put this that high even yeah. though i fucking love all the mission impossible i'm so movies. psyched for these movies i'm yeah. so pumped for this but just the fact that we had top gun last year that really like woke people up to you know what tom cruise is doing like in terms of practical effects and the way he risks his life i feel like it was a wake-up call for people going in the movies that you know his shit is a real deal especially with like christopher mcquarrie who was one of the producers on Top Gun. And these movies have gotten bigger and bigger with each one. So I actually think this one's going to kill it. You think it's just going to explode? I might be eating my words, but I don't know. This movie looks amazing. The trailers have both been great, like you said, Derek. Mm-hmm. I mean, this literally could have the Top Gun effect because you know it is Tom Cruise. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I only think that the only thing that might be hurting it is that it's like a part one, you know, like the part yeah. one of it. Well, this is not really the end. This was another one where uh, it's definitely on my list, but it's not this high. And I will admit, I do think this is a gamble, Jeff, and uh, we'll see if it pays off for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Amir, what is your number three? Yeah, I agree. So my number three, we've already talked about, it's Guardians. Okay. I just don't have quite as high as mm -hmm. you guys. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Guardians going to do well. Yeah. 
It's already doing well. The three Disney movies are at your top right there. <laughs> Listen, man, there's more Disney to fucking come. This is not a critical appreciation yeah. fucking list. This is a blockbuster list, and Disney yeah. still crushes it. For all the superhero fatigue talk and all of that, like, if they put out a movie that gets good word of mouth, people are putting their butts in theaters. The Guardians proved that, right? So Yeah. Well, my number four we've already talked about. Uh, this is where I put Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I think that even though, like, I agree with Jeff a little bit, I don't think the trailers have been amazing, blow me out of the water kind of trailers, but I am still kind of excited to see this. I mean, Mads, it's in it, and... Um, oh, Mads playing a Nazi? Come on, man. <laughs> but yeah. I- I'm still excited to see him in things, and he's getting his bag, right? So Yeah, he's getting his bag. I hope it's like Christoph Waltz playing a Nazi. <laughs> I know, right? The only hope. And not Mads playing, like, a Disney villain, you know? Mads has been criminally underutilized anytime he's in like a big franchise movie. That is like, also true. Doctor Strange, yeah. he's yeah, been underutilized. He's so Rogue fucking One, wasted. He's like nothing. Ugh. Even like the, the Harry, Harry Potter, Potter yeah. movies, nothing. Dude, he's so much better than what he's been doing. All right. Well, Jeff, we know your number four. You said it was already the Flash. So I guess we mm-hmm. can just move on. Amir, what is your number four? Ooh, okay. Took a swing here. Going with the Marvel theme. I put Spider-Verse 2 in 4. This was a hard one, but I don't know if you're necessarily wrong. But yeah, why did you put this here? I think the Spider-Man momentum, I know that sounds weird, but like the Spider-Man movies always crush. The first one had great buzz. I mean, I just remember going to see that last Spider-Man, and it was just playing in every single possible like screen in the movie house, and it was packed. I think mm-hmm. people are going to rush out to see Spider-Verse 2. Yeah. I, I just think it's going to do really, really well. Yeah, I think this is like one of those movies that you look at how much the last one made, and I think it will make more this time around. Absolutely. Yeah, I think people are going to yeah. flock to this one, so I don't, I don't blame you for putting it here. Uh, I don't blame you so much that it's actually my number five, so it's just right below Ooh, okay. yours. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Respect, respect. I have it as number six, so. Okay. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a pretty similar yeah. top 10, maybe, that are just yeah. kind of, you know. Pretty much in the same area there. I was surprised at how, not little, the first one made, because it still made a ton of money, but, like, it wasn't the gigantic hit that everyone thinks it is, just because it was so critically well-received. But mm-hmm. I do think that more people are going to go see this one, just because the cult around Spider-Verse has grown immensely since the release of the first movie. And the buzz is so steady. Like, I see new stuff about Spider-Verse all the time. More behind-the-scenes stuff, little tidbits from the directors. I mean, I guess if you're on Twitter or, like, social media, you see Spider-Verse stuff all the time with the second movie. So I think they're doing a good job of promoting this, and I think it'll be doing pretty well. Okay. I mean, the first one did, what, 200? Almost 200? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, this could do two and a half, three, you know? Could be in that top tier. Jeff, then you said that was your number six, but then what is your number five? My number five is Fast X. Whoa, okay. I don't know, man. I think this is definitely like diminishing returns for me. <laughs> like as much as I love this franchise. Yeah, you're the one who I'm surprised. You're the one who's like all in on this franchise. I love this franchise, but like I looked at the numbers and it's just getting lower and lower. I, I don't know, man. I think this is going to do maybe a little bit better than Hobbs and Shaw. But I, I don't know. So, Jeff, why did you put this here? People are into these movies for their ridiculousness. and They are. F9 did over $700 million worldwide. I don't really see it 
slowing down. I think most people aren't going to know that it's the first of three parts. I know, I think right? Maybe be mad and spread some negative word of mouth. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe I jumped the gun on how high I put this one. But I don't know. The cameos, the returning characters. I mean, this is going to be the biggest cast. I mean, I'm excited. It's coming out this weekend. I'm excited to watch it. I know. As always. <laughs> All right, Amir, what is your number five? Um, My number five is I agree with everything Jeff said, because my number five is also Fast X. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm absolutely wrong about this. <laughs> so, no, no, no. I will say I was unsure about it because these movies, they do tons and tons in, in Blockbuster, but that's global. They make like 70 or 80% of their money overseas. Mm-hmm. Even if this is like a billion dollar movie, it might legitimately do only two here in the States, right? So, I think it's not necessarily a slam dunk, but I decided to go for it. I think it's in that kind of middle tier here. So, yeah, betting on Dom and the family. Okay. (laughs) All right. What about you, Derek? Well, it's lower on mine. I'll get to it when we do, uh, when we get there. Uh, So, we'll get to our number sixes. Uh, Jeff, you already said yours. You're Spider-Man Cross the Spider-Verse. My number six is where I put Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. I think that... You're right. This could potentially get a bump from the Top Gun, Tom Cruise of it all. But I mean, I'm one of those people that maybe do too much research for this game. And I kind of look at, you know, the past movies and this always kind of floats around that $200 million, between 200, maybe 250 at most. And Mm -hmm. I think that I, I don't know if I could see this one making that much more. So like, I think that's where that kind of end box office will land on this list somewhere in the middle. It all depends on how big the Top Gun effect is. Yes, I think mm-hmm. if people want to see more Tom Cruise doing crazy stunts. Yeah. Yeah. Without Top Gun Maverick, I would put this like maybe eight or nine or something like that mm-hmm. or where you have it. Yeah. People are waking up, so. All right, Amir, what is your number six? For me, this is where I put The Flash. Oh, okay. I know there's a lot of buzz about it. It's a superhero movie. I think against it, maybe why I put it a little lower, it is DC. There's all the Ezra Miller yeah. anti-buzz. I don't know. I'm sure it's going to do great, but I just don't know if I have it in that top, top, top tier. It's it's a mid tier blockbuster, I think, for me. Okay, it's my best guess. That's I fair. will say that most of the public will not give a shit about the Ezra. Miller I know, stuff, right? Sure, I that's think true. It all comes down to people whether they actually give a shit about Michael Keaton, Batman, the new Supergirl, or the Flash himself. Right? It all depends. I will say I feel like I'm betting a lot on the Keaton of it all. Like I think people, maybe I'm overestimating, like are excited to see his Batman back, you know? And it seems like he plays a pretty substantial role in the movie. It's not like a cameo, you know? I feel like anyone under 30 is going to be like, who the fuck is this guy? (laughs) That could be very (laughs) true. All right, well, let's move on to our number seven. So number seven is where it's a movie that none of us have talked about yet. This is where I put... uh, I don't know if this is the right spot for it. It might be too high now that I'm looking at my list. This is where I put Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. Ooh. Ooh. That's too high. <laughs> very, say it, that's very too high. well could be, but I think Christopher Nolan, you know, whether it be a serious movie or like a movie about magicians or, you know, and of course his best box office is usually his Batman movies, but I think people show up for Christopher Nolan. Like people love his movies and 
I've enjoyed the trailers for this, and I don't know. I always don't bet against him. You know, Tenet is not a good example because, I, you know, he pushed that movie during the pandemic, and of course, the box office wasn't going to be there for that, but... Paid dearly for that one. I know, he did. I'm going with Oppenheimer for number seven. I am rooting for the other horse. My number seven is Barbie. That's what I thought. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Oh, Jeff, please tell us why you have Barbie here. I think people are excited for Barbie. I think, yeah, I think there's the Ryan Gosling draw. There's the Margot Robbie draw. I don't know if people actually give a shit about Greta Gerwig. I know I'm excited because it's yeah. a Greta Gerwig movie. But it's time for the girls to have a toy be translated into a movie on the big screen. They haven't really gotten that quite yet. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be big. I might even put this higher. I don't know. I mean, it's too wow. late now. But like... It could also fizzle, I don't know, but like, I have a good feeling about Barbie. I mean, I just remember that that first trailer dropped and just like the memes created around that trailer and like how much buzz it was already creating for itself. I just can imagine if like another trailer comes out right before this hits. Yeah, I struggled with the Oppenheimer versus Barbie thing too. I just don't understand how you put Oppenheimer above Barbie. <laughs> just because, like you said, it is a Greta Gerwig movie. I don't know how many people are really going to show up for a Greta Gerwig movie. Yeah, but, but you got yes, Robbie, Robbie and Ryan Gosling, Gosling you know? I guess. Yeah, yeah I, ugh, I see both sides of this. I did also put Oppenheimer and Barbie on my list, but I did put Oppenheimer above Barbie. I'll say I think that the internet buzz and the memes and stuff probably doesn't really reflect necessarily the yeah, number of people yeah, running out to go see an adult Barbie movie by Greta Gerwig, right? Like, mm-hmm. the flip side of this is the Suicide Squad, the Will Smith one. Mm-hmm. That did more than 300 million domestic. Yeah. And yet it got, like, critically panned. People don't talk about that fucking movie critically, but it did tons of money. And I think Barbie's going to be the opposite. You think, oh, everyone's going to love it, but like, no one's going to show up. I think people are going to like it, but I don't think, yeah, I don't think people are necessarily going to show up just because there were good memes, you know? I think it's still going to do well. It's still on my list, but I just don't think it's even in that middle tier. I think it's in that lower couple of movies. All right, that's fair. So, like, I think the regular moviegoer probably aren't even going to go for Margot Robbie or Ryan Gosling. They're going to go for It's a Barbie movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it looks fun. Yeah, it's was hard. So, Amir, what is your number seven, then, if it's not either of these two? So, it's a movie you guys already put up higher. This is Mission Impossible 7. Got it. Got it. Okay. Makes probably sense. a more sensible place to put it. <laughs> <laughs> I almost hope I'm wrong for the sake of just I like these movies, but I don't think it's got the... I mean, everything I put above it is like Disney movie or a franchise or mm. the things that we know do well, you know? I mean, this is a franchise too, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's that middle tier blockbuster, I think, money-wise. Okay. All right. Well, then let's get to our number eights. I've probably kind of alluded to it already. I mean, this is kind of where I was like going back and forth. I was like, I don't know which one's going to make more. So my number eight is Gregor Riggs Barbie. Mm, okay, so neck and neck with Oppenheimer. Yeah, I think like, okay. them both kind of uh, coming around at the same – I mean, they are literally coming huh. out on the same date. And I do think that they – they're different audiences, but I'm afraid they're going to kind of cannibalize each other because they're not like kids' movies. They're not like superhero movies. They're trying to go after the same kind of adult audience. So, like, I, I don't know how much they're going to cannibalize each other, but yeah. I guess I went with the Christopher Nolan name over the Greta Gerwig name. All right. I mean – I'll double feature Barbie and Oppenheimer, you know? I'm, I'm excited for yeah, both I'm gonna of them. Do that. I'm going to do it. I know that, yeah. I don't know about cannibalization, just because, you know, I think people who are into film are going to be seeing both. Yeah. But, I don't know, maybe hitting different demographics there, but I don't know. Okay, then what is your number eight, Jeff? All right, my number eight is 
Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Okay. <laughs> You're just like not really betting on the Indiana Jones. <laughs> I don't know, man. Harrison Ford is 80. Yeah. How much appetite are people going to have for him like de-aged half the movie? All right. I put this movie up high. I'm going to defend myself. Harrison Ford's 80. The president is like 160. I think that <laughs> <laughs> in this day and age, 80 is not that old. And I think people like nostalgia and franchises and short bets more than they hate old people so that's my defense of putting this movie higher all right well we'll actually see because the movie's premiering at Cannes in a couple days oh okay so we'll see people's reactions but that's also just critical buzz though too yeah yeah yeah. that doesn't mean like it might not do great at Cannes and then crush in the box office you know yeah another leg is like how much do you think phoebe waller bridge can carry this movie i'm not yeah, sure yeah i don't know is that even the fucking role for her i don't know i mean she's not quite a household name as much as i love phoebe waller bridge mm-hmm. your regular moviegoer is not gonna know who she is you know yeah we'll see we will see amir what did you had as your number eight a movie that i'm wondering if you guys forgot about did you guys not think that elemental is gonna do numbers i don't want to give it away but i did think about this movie before I speak, what brought you to have it at number eight? I mean, Pixar movie? Like, kids, families are going to be dragged out to see this because of their kids. Like, I don't think that those Pixar movies do bad numbers ever. It's been really hard to tell lately. Yeah, it's been hard to tell just because they've been pushing them onto streaming so hard. And then the last one before streaming, you know, the whole COVID was, what was it? The elf one? The dwarf, the magical, mystical one? Onward. Onward. Oh, yeah, yeah, Which yeah, hit yeah, yeah. right as the pandemic happened. So that really hurt its box office numbers. I mean, in my mind, like the last great Pixar movie that really made gangbusters was maybe like what, Coco? Like, I don't know how strong the other ones after Coco were per yeah. se, but- I don't know. This kind of looks like Inside Out ripoff to me, even though I loved Inside Out. But like my trust in Pixar has waned a little bit over the years. And I just I don't know if I could bet on it. But I think you bring up a good point about kids movies. And, you know, generally they do pretty well because when you bring a kid, that means you got to bring an adult. That's like an automatic two or right. three tickets. Right exactly. Now, right? I mean, like, what are the ranges you're thinking of domestically for this? For number like, eight? For a number eight slot. Yeah. Like, how much do you think a number eight movie is supposed to make? Probably somewhere right in like the 150, 175 range. So, okay. yeah, this could do that. I mean, easily. so yeah. I, mean, I think this movie easily does that. There's – all right. I'll put it to you this way. I'm looking at the list of Pixar movies and their domestic grosses. Only three of them have ever – well, let's see. Uh, only a few of them have ever done less than 150. Right? Okay. So, Turning Red, Luca Soul, Onward, Lightyear, The Good Dinosaur. I mean, a bunch of those are pretty recent for sure. In the COVID era, yeah. Yeah, in that COVID era. Like, like these are all like very recent ones. 2022, 2021 – uh, 2020, 2020, right? These are all like the most recent crop. So I guess maybe that's bad for my argument. But on the flip side, every single other movie they've ever done has done more than 150 domestic gross. Yeah. Maybe I totally missed this one. <laughs> and I think we're out of that COVID era now, you know? I think we are too. And I was thinking a lot about this movie because, you know, Disney, Pixar, I think A, people are getting tired of anthropomorphic 
fucking things in these Pixar movies. <laughs> it's the same every single time. I think you're getting tired of it because you're an adult. <laughs> oh, okay, fair, fair. And fair, you fair. have like object permanence. But like these are <laughs> we're children, right? These yes. are movies no, no, for no, I agree. these are movies for people who have not yet developed that capacity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Alright, so the last couple of movies have all struggled because of their push to streaming in the COVID era. I think they're gonna struggle finding their footing back in They're gonna stumble out of the gate coming back. Yeah, the they're gonna stumble okay. out of the gate with That's this fair. one, I think. Also, the movie comes out in like a month, and I've seen literally nothing. There's like a trailer, but nobody's talking about it. The buzz is like non-existent. So I don't have kids that I acknowledge or take to the movies, but if <laughs> you do have kids, like I think sometimes you just go to the movie theater and see the movie that kids can see. You know what I mean? No, oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's the kid factor of it all. I don't know. It's going to end up being elemental all the time. So, I mean – I took Ellis, my kid, who's three, to a bunch of movies this year, mm -hmm. and I have not seen the Elemental trailer once. Really? Mm. Wow. And right. I have seen this god-awful trailer for Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, nine million <laughs> fucking times. This movie looks like dog shit. <laughs> Something I've never even fucking heard of. Oh, my God. That's so uh, funny. We should do just kid movie review. <laughs> I know. Just have Ellis, on, have Ellis on the pod for like yeah, a minute, absolutely. for like a couple minutes, absolutely. just talking about yeah. yeah, if he loves the movie or not. That'd be fun, actually. I think that'd be really fun. If I've seen the Ruby Gilman trailer like a million times, there's no reason the Elemental trailer shouldn't be there too, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And that movie comes out the same week. So oh, I didn't DreamWorks is doing something that Elemental isn't. You know, Disney isn't fair. with. Uh, elemental yeah but i considered the movie i definitely thought about the movie let's move on my number nine you guys are probably gonna definitely you're gonna laugh a little bit um uh, <laughs> my number nine is where i put fast 10 Ooh. i think what i said earlier i just i looked at some of the numbers of the past i think this is gonna do i mean the numbers have been ever since like i think seven it was the high because of the paul walker of it all you know eights made less money nine made less money like hobbs and shaw was not a good taste in people's mouth there has been a little bit of negative buzz coming out of some of the early screenings, but I mean, I don't know how much that really hurts this movie. People are going to show up no matter what, but yeah, I'm taking a little bit of a bet that this is not going to do as well as you guys think. Uh, I mean, this is a pretty big bet though. Like, yeah, this, I so think you're saying Barbie's going to do like better the, than Fast 10. <laughs> right. You're saying you think this does in the like hundred something, but this doesn't cross two. No. Really? It's really interesting. If you ever look at box office prognostics for the summer, like there are some summers where it's huge gaps where like the top echelon of movies will make like the top three will make each 300 million. And then the like four through 10 will make 150 or less. Some summers where like it's spread out a little bit more like I'm not too sure what mm. this summer is going to turn out to be, but I could also see that the bottom five don't do as well as we think think they might be doing like you know i said spider-man across the spider s is my number five that might hit 200 or probably will i don't know if mission impossible that might but i think the drop is where i put oppenheimer i think there will be a bigger drop between six and seven so f9 ended with 173 mm -hmm. but that was also like a partial covid movie right like people were yeah, still not so exactly coming i think fast there. x is gonna do better okay I mean, that's why I have it higher. But. Yeah. All right. Maybe not five higher. Like, <laughs> I don't know. We'll it see. It could do two, right? Like the last one did one. I think it could, it could do, do two. two. Yeah. I mean, now that I look at it, maybe I'm a little bit wrong, but I, I can't change it. I'm going to stick with it. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jeff, what is your number nine movie? All right, number nine, I have Oppenheimer. Okay. I just think the movie looks really good. There's been a lot of marketing. People are hyped. It's going to be the first movie outside of the COVID release era with Christopher Nolan. Huge stacked cast. And the movie just looks fucking good, you know? Yeah. And World War II, we need one for the dads, you know? Yeah. I think (laughs) the dads are going to show up in droves for Oppenheimer. I know they are. So this is going to be the one dad movie representation of the summer. And I think it's going to at least crack the top ten. This is the Jeffrey Zhang dad-approved movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Amir, what is your number nine then? Um, I think I just kind of agree with Jeff on this one. Okay. Oppenheimer's all, this is another one where Jeff and I agree. Oppenheimer's also in my number nine. I think it's going to do well. I think it's going to be big. I just think that it is like not a top or a mid-tier blockbuster, but I think it counts. I think it's going to be a big movie, but I just don't think it's going to be high up on that list. I think out of everything we've listed, it doesn't have the big pop appeal. It's not a franchise. It's not a sequel. It's not a comic book movie. Like, yeah, this is just nine for me. It just doesn't have the mass appeal of all the higher movies. Yeah. It's not a kid's movie, right? Like, all these other movies, you can take kids to. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, those are all movies you can take kids to. Even, I guess maybe not MI7. I was going to say, maybe not Mission Possible, but yeah, maybe the rest. Maybe I need to swap that with Elemental or something. But a movie you can take kids to, like, you might take the whole family. You know, that's four people, five people. Yeah. As opposed to just going to go see Oppenheimer alone, you know? All right, so let's get to our number 10. So remember, I at the top of this episode, I said, this is an important one. If you do hit this one dead on, it would be 13 points. So at my number 10 slot, I put Transformers Rise of the Beast. Ooh. You know, even looking at the numbers for Bumblebee, that still made like $170 million, And that was just Bumblebee. <laughs> like, no other Transformers really in that movie. I think this is bringing back the whole gang again. I mean, you got Optimus Prime back and Unicron finally as a villain. Maybe that's a draw too. I wouldn't say I'm excited, but I do remember like watching the Beast Wars series and like I actually did like the Beast Wars. So like having Beast element into this, I think it could help give it a little bit of push. But I do think that Transformers is again, one of those franchises that's diminishing returns. 10 years ago, this would be like number one or two. But now it, I think it's number 10. This one's going on my bomb ballot. I think it's <laughs> going to fucking die on the vine. I don't think really? it's going to do that well. I don't know, man. First of all, Michael Bay is gone, which he has been for a while. Anthony Ramos is no Haley Steinfeld either, as much as I like the guy. Don't these always do a lot of money, though? They all know. do pretty well. Well, I think if I looked at the numbers correctly, Bumblebee did like 170. Even if it does the same numbers as Bumblebee, I think that's all right. It could be right around here, number 10. Yeah. But Jeff's saying, like, it's absolutely going to bomb, and that absolutely could also happen. <laughs> I do think it could you happen. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Everything I'm reading about is, like, box office failure, tracking points to bomb. <laughs> oh, jeez. Movie tracking low. So, I don't know, man. I know. I could be I wrong. I mean, also, Bumblebee was five years ago. That's also true. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like this one just doesn't have the juice behind it. No, absolutely. Kind of made the similar arguments to myself, so this like barely missed the cut. This mm-hmm. would have been like my 11 or 12. Okay. All right, Jeff, then what is your number 10? My number 10 is another big swing for me. It's the Meg 2. <laughs> oh! The Monster Shark movie. 
Never heard of this movie before I started looking into stuff for this list. <laughs> it is on people's lists. Apparently, the Meg 1 did really well. It did. Hey, there's a Meg it 2. Did. It did do really well. And, you know, I think this one's leaning into the ridiculousness even more. That trailer looks insane. And every summer needs a big shark movie. And I think this one is <laughs> it for this one. I don't know. It could go either way. It could be like no one shows up or everyone just goes to see it just because they want to see big sharks munching on things. You know what I mean? I remember being pleasantly entertained by the first Meg. I didn't hate the movie. So yeah, I- I'm going to watch this one. But at the same time, like, I don't know if I was clamoring for more of these. So we will see. And I know it does come out at the first week of August, but like that is definitely enough time to get to number 10. I still think that that's not going to hurt it in the sense of it making the number 10 slot. It could potentially hurt it trying to go higher, but I think you estimated potentially correct here. I'm a big Ben Wheatley fan too, so I'm excited to see what he does. No one outside of the film circles is going to know who the fuck Ben Wheatley is, but I like his horror movies, so we'll see how he does with this one. It just looks unhinged, which is in my wheelhouse. <laughs> Amir, so then what is your number 10? My number 10 we already talked about. It's Barbie, right? Barbie. Mm. I think Barbie's going to do well. I just think that, like Oppenheimer, it isn't a franchise. It isn't a comic book movie. It isn't a kid movie. So I think those things all hurt it relative to the things that are higher up. And then I just think Oppenheimer will probably edge it. It's kind of a toss-up, but I, th- I think Oppenheimer's going to edge it. Yeah. But I still think it's going to do well. So I, I, I put this in 10. Just ahead of uh, the Transformers movie, I thought about Meg. This eventually made it. What's really interesting so far on our list is that we all have one movie that we all, each other, don't have, right? Jeff, you have the Meg, too. Mm -hmm. Amir has Elemental, and then I have Transformers, right? Mm. Those movies are going to probably not make or break. I mean, it might make or break me and Jess because we have it at number 10. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's it's interesting because like if one or the others doesn't fall on the top 10, it's really going to hurt our list, right? That could be it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's do the Dark Horses. We won't do one by one. We have three Dark Horses. We'll just list them off all together. My three Dark Horses that uh, I did already mention this movie, or Amir's already mentioned this movie, and I did kind of count for it. This is where I had Elemental. Like, I do think that a kid's movie like this could make the top 10. I just couldn't see it, right? The other two are kind of gambles. One, another kid's cartoon movie comes out the same month as Meg 2, and it's a little bit later. That's why I think it kind of hurts it also is the new TMNT movie. I have that as my Dark Horse. I mean, as well. I enjoyed the first trailer. Like, I think it could be really fun kids' movies, and, and kids' movies usually generally do really well. So, that could definitely help it. And my last Dark Horse is one where, like, there's always an adult comedy that seems to do well in the summer. And I don't know if you guys thought about this, but. I actually have Joyride as a dark horse. Me too. What? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, I've already seen oh. it. Oh. And is it really good? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's really oh, good, shit. but it's Never funny. <laughs> it's funny. I think this is the exact type of comedy that people eat up during the summer, an R-rated, raunchy comedy. And I think the Asian-American contingent of this movie is gonna generate a lot of buzz and i would not be surprised if this was like heading into the top 10 previous summers like talking like an asian movie like you know crazy rich asians did very well in the summer yeah 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 a female-led adult comedy movie like girls trip did really well in the summer so like i could see this movie doing well 
Wow, we have two out of the three. <laughs> okay, so then what is your last dark horse that doesn't match with mine then? All right, this one's fucking insane. All right, hear me out. <laughs> I have the Haunted Mansion. Dude, I almost really. Had this. I almost yeah. Had this. Is this the like Disney roller coaster ride, ride movie, movie or the Disney yeah. ride yeah. movie? The Disney yeah. ride movie. Yeah. I feel like every once in a while you get one of these and they just fucking pop. No discernible reason. Some stupid fucking Disney ride. And they actually make a good movie out of it, and it gets word of mouth, and it builds, and people go see it. And then they make, like, two or three of them. I don't know, like... Pirates, Pirates right? of the Caribbean. Yeah. yeah, Pirates. Who knows? Maybe, uh... So, this is, like, one advantage of us doing this two weeks late, is that if you asked me two weeks ago, this might have actually even made my top ten, maybe my number ten slot. Mm. But watching that first trailer, I was like, ah, this does not look good. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even watch the yeah, trailer. I watched the first trailer that came out a couple days ago. Oh, shit. Oh, I watched the trailer. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's just a dark horse. It's just a dark whatever. horse. Yeah. Where I was like, oh, man, this does not look good. And that's why it doesn't even make my dark horses. I was like, I'm not excited at all for this thing. Hey, hey, hey. there's always a dog shit movie in the top 10. Always. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if it looks terrible. It doesn't matter if the critical reception is super negative. People still go see it just because it looks fun and it's got... Stars they want to see? I don't know. Usually that dog shit movie is Transformers. Uh (laughs) 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 All right, uh, Amir, do you want to rattle off your Dark Horses? Yeah, we talked about mine. So we talked about Meg. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talked about Transformers kind of almost making it for me. And I thought about something like Blue Beetle. I think it was like uh, ultimately too close. To the cutoff. Like too close to the cutoff. Yeah. To kind of really make it for me. Mm-hmm. Kind of hard. I think in the end, it's like two weeks more room. Uh, I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has a okay. shot at doing really well. Yeah. Okay. So now that we have our list, and now I'm curious to ask some questions. So did any of you think about Strays? The one about the stray dogs? Oh, that movie's going to fucking bomb. No one's going to see that thing. I thought about it only because, again, this is like another dark comedy. Like, sometimes these things pop during the summer. Like, you want the counterculture, right? Like, not family-friendly. And, you know, that's why I put Joyride. And I thought, like, Strays kind of takes that spot. This one, I was looking at it. And I think it's threading the needle where it's made for no one. No one's going to go fucking see this. (laughs) Talking animals for kids. Raunchy fucking F-bomb jokes all over the place, dick jokes and shit for adults. Put them together, no one's going to no see one. it. <laughs> it's a fucking rated R talking animal movie. No one's going to see this shit. Live right. action, come on, get out of here. Yeah. There's no fucking way. You need to make a fucking meme where it's just, it's a Venn diagram with the circles just touched, but they don't actually <laughs> overlap. Yeah, it's absolutely totally it's made agree for like with one that one lo- dude. That's hilarious. <laughs> I totally agree with that logic. I mean, I guess the flip side of it is maybe it's like a aiming at like the um I don't know, the Bojack Horseman crowd. Isn't that a movie about an animal that's also like a very adult kind of Is there yeah. a substantial audience for that shit? That show's actually smart. This one looks dumb as shit. Like lots of humping jokes and dog dick jokes. Like who cares? But I wanted to throw some horror movies into the Dark Horses just because horror movies have been doing really well. Mm-hmm. Evil Dead just passed a hundred million. They're doing really well. But I think they were all too close to the Labor Day cutoff. I definitely would have put the nun too mm. in there. You think Talk to Me could blow up? Uh I think it could do well for its budget. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of good buzz around it, but I don't 
see it like oh going over 100 or something like going over 100 or anything right like it's not that. actually um, cracking a top 10 it'll do well yeah. relative to its size but it's not gonna yeah and any guys a grand turismo fans <laughs> anyone <laughs> dude neil blomkamp is in his flop era <laughs> the movie looks cheap why does it look so cheap yeah no idea. i don't know do we want to just really quickly go through our own top 10s real quick and in, in our dark horses i could start so uh number one i have the little mermaid number two i have guardians Number three, I have The Flash. Number four, I have Indiana Jones and The Dial of Destiny. Number five, I have Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Number six, I have Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. Number seven, I have Oppenheimer. Number eight, I have Barbie. Number nine, I have Fast 10. And then number 10, I have Transformers Rise of the Beast. And then my three dark horses are Joyride, Elemental, and the new TMNT Mutant Mayhem. What about you, Jeff? My number one is The Little Mermaid. Number two is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Number three is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Damn, that's a mouthful. Jesus. My number four is The Flash. My number five is Fast X. Number six is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Number seven is Barbie. Number eight is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Number nine is Oppenheimer. Number ten is The Meg 2. And my three dark horses are Haunted Mansion, Joyride and TMNT Mutant Mayhem. What about you, Amir? Number one, The Little Mermaid. Number two, Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny. Number three, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Number four, Enter the Spider-Verse 2. Number five, Fast X. Number six, The Flash. Number seven, Mission Impossible 7. Number eight, Elemental. Number nine, Oppenheimer. And number ten, Barbie. Uh, the Dark Horses for me were The Transformers Rise of the Beasts, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, and Meg 2. We, like I said, we'll, we'll keep an eye on this and then also probably maybe do, like, no, maybe not a recap episode, but maybe like a recap segment at the end of the summer. Actually, I was going to ask you guys, I mean, it is a game. There's going to be a winner. Do we want to put something like on the line or is this just for fun? Losers got to get divorced. No. <laughs> oh my um, God. <laughs> <laughs> High stakes, bro. I don't know. We got to think about this one. We got to think about this one. Let's think about this and, and get okay. back to it. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With our update. All right. Okay. Well, then that will conclude this week's episode. Jeff, where can people find more of your work? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com. And you can also, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at strangeharbors. What about you guys? Uh, you can find me eagerly awaiting talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Derek? Uh, you can find me at the world's okayest photos on Instagram. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our show is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do us a favor and give us a great rating. It really helps to get our voices out to more people. Yeah, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions on our episode on our box office ballots, feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com, especially if you have your own top 10 list. And if you have something completely different, we want to see it. So. Yeah, feel free. Shoot us an email. Uh, we sometimes read emails out on the pod. So with that, we will see you guys next week. See you next week, everybody. See you guys then.